0: I used to sit in the preschool in tears.
1: All the man really has to do on the day of birth is find a good parking spot.
0: <laughs> dad, Dad, catch this. Boom, I've done a poo. Stop stabbing your sister. From the news desk to the nursery. Mum! This is The Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Today, our guests are Amy taylor Cabaz, the voice that lulls your children to sleep on Bedtime Explorers. She's also a coach, author and founder of Happy Mama and TV presenter Tom Williams. As far as parental experience goes, Amy has three children and Tom has two. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. We were speaking before we came on air. Tom, I think you're still in the trenches with your kids, don't you think, Amy? They're two and four, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. I like the expression trenches. I sometimes, call it the vortex
0: (laughs) (laughs) same thing really (laughs) i reckon it's not until they get to cass's age so your youngest cass is four amy do you think that you've kind of reached out of the vortex and you're over the trenches you think you're into a different land now
2: I feel like I'm heading to the finish line when he starts school next year so he's five next month and when he starts school I've had 11 years of children at home before they start school and I think that I'm done with the trenches (laughs) February next year I am a different person (laughs) Oh I
0: don't want to rain on your parade Amy but I I think you know know. school is not the end away
2: from me, please.
0: (laughs) Well, you'll have between, what, 9.30 and 2.30 back to yourself? That's right. That's so long Mm -hmm. when you've got nothing. Anyway, what we're talking about today is whether or not becoming a parent kills spontaneity, are businesses still failing mums at work, and what is the most ridiculous reason your child has had a tantrum? Our first topic of the day, though, is how did you get around your parents' rules as a kid? Well, can you sneak out tonight? How have you been getting away with
1: this? Trick is to never get caught.
0: Sneakiest little sneaky sneak. But rules are made to be broken. When we were growing up as kids, there were lots of rules. I remember my parents used to hide the chocolate biscuits from my sister, like try and get it right up the top of the cupboard, but somehow she'd always find it. Um, I loved reading, so I'd read well past lights out. And when I heard their footsteps in the corridor, I'd try and turn out the light and pretend I was asleep. Um, Tom, I don't know why I think that maybe you might have tried to get around a few rules when you were a kid.
1: (laughs) I was the youngest of three. So yes, I was the perennial rule breaker. I was very good at it. But I, I think I can remember you know, certain rules, especially from my father, which really have stuck with me. And one of those was that my mother and my sister would enter the house first before my brother and my father would. Wow! So that was just the ultimate sign of respect, which kind of has stayed with me today. One of the other big rules, I well, think- Oh, well,
0: sorry, i got to stop you. That must awesome. mean you're always the last in the house because you're in a house of women.
1: Always. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. I, yeah. I think it. his point was that uh, respect must be shown to your mum and to your sister at all times. Nobody started dinner, started eating until mum sat at the table. That's great. Yeah, and they are, the, the, those things really stay with you as a man. And ultimately, what he was getting at was to always be respectful of women. And yeah, being in a house full of women, I, I'm, I'm the last at everything now, but that's cool. Uh, the other big one was when I'd gotten older, and I remember the day that I was allowed to go surfing on my own. My grandmother lived in Newcastle, so my mum and I would travel up often. And I remember that day when mum said, okay, you're old enough to go to the beach by yourself.
0: How old were you?
1: Uh, I think I was about 12. But prior to that, I would Try to break the rules and say I'm going off riding my bike, but I would be off trying Mm -hmm. to go surfing. And I got caught once and she was not happy.
0: (laughs) What kind of punishment would you get at that stage?
1: Oh, I think just mum's fury was enough punishment. You know, there was no sort of um, physical punishment, but you knew when she was upset, and that was enough to make me, you know, remorseful.
0: Isn't that interesting? I wonder if we express our anger the same way as parents today because we quite often told not to, you know, but then obviously that worked not for you. Oh,
1: it was old school, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. We're talking about the seventies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How about you, Amy? We, I, I say this, Amy and I have been friends for many years now, and I know you were a rule breaker. So I oh, feel I'm a bit cheeky a asking this question. Yeah.
2: When I was preparing for this answer, I thought I'd just leave the whole teenage years <laughs> to one side. Let's just not go there. But I was thinking when I was younger and, um, both my parents worked full time right from when I was started school, so my sister and I had school holidays together on our own for two weeks in the house. We just wow. mum would go, mum and dad would go to work, and they'd come back at five o'clock, and they just trusted us, stupidly <laughs> sometimes. And so the big rule was that when they came home at five o'clock, the house had to be cleaned. And, of course, we trashed that joint from <laughs> 9.30 to 4.30. We would just – we'd play these games pretending the house was a hotel. And so each bedroom was – you know, had guests in it and we'd run around, we'd be in the kitchen pretending it was a restaurant. And then the only way we could, I guess, get away with it was at 4.30 on the dot, we pretended we were robots. And we would clean for half an hour <laughs> like these crazy robots and we'd run around the house and mum would walk in, we'd hear her pull up. The dishwasher had to be unpacked. The house had to be perfect. And it was every time. Because like you said, Tom, we were terrified of her walking in and having that look of disappointment. Mm. Like we trusted you Mm. girls. You know, we work all day and when we walk in that front door,
0: the house needs to be ready. And that we did every day. I feel like I'm really learning something about... (laughs) how my own parenting skills could be improved with a little bit of fear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But isn't it wonderful that you you made that game into sort of like a service? You know, like you had the run of the house. Yes. And you became the hotel. Yes. And then in that final half hour, everything had to be cleaned up. I want to know,
0: was it actually clean or did you just throw things in the cupboard and try and shut it? it was actually clean. My mother, both
2: my parents were in the Navy, so Ah. we were brought up with rounds like, you know, it's the end. Oh. Mum would go around the house as if she was on rounds and wow. check that everything. So, no, we are super clean people.
0: <sighs> That's cool.
2: It is Still cool. today? Still yeah, today with t-
0: your kids? Yeah. Oh, we've had this conversation had this before. Conversation. Amy thinks that I need a bit of help. She's, she's right <laughs> in terms of how I manage my it's children. It's just military and... <laughs> upbringing, though. <laughs> Again, there is something in there that. There is something there. And what about your kids now? Have you noticed when they're trying to kind of get around the rules that you've put in place for them. Tom, is there any...
1: Um I think it's just reinforcement, constant reinforcement. So, you know, when they're asking for something, it's like, please, mummy, may I? Or please, daddy, may I? So, and if they don't get it right, you know, they're still young. You know, you just say, "Well, how do you but ask they're not politely? they're being
0: sneaky, though. You're, uh, do you have any sneaky children? <laughs>
1: oh, they'll try it on. I mean, they're <laughs> constantly trying it on.
0: Do they ever do the... Um, Arlo's done this to me, my youngest. He's four. And he'll say... Dad's gone to work and say, Daddy said that I could have a lolly after breakfast. And I'm like, you should choose something a little bit more believable. No, he didn't. <laughs> Anything like that? Anything where you can see them going, mm, maybe? Uh, they, they
1: can conspire together. <laughs> They'll definitely hatch a plan, um, but you've just got to be one step ahead of it. I encourage sort of that, um, you know, challenge, you know, in their personalities. And, yeah. and I, I kind of stay on my level, but I, I definitely don't um, discourage the fact that they can question things, you know, like, especially when they're discovering stuff, Uh, you know, you're out in the garden and, you know, a, a little, their hand and their senses are really coming to life now. So I'm very much, um, encouraging of them trying and touching and smelling and, you know, flowers and to be gentle or when to be hard. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're game. You know, they're jumping at the moment. So that one likes to jump. Sloane wants to jump. She wants to jump off something and you've got to catch her. But, um,
0: That's because you are so massive, she would think. not. I mean, just tall, you know, for her. Sloane's the two-year-old. Yes. So she must look at you and go, Daddy's a mountain. He but could also just that, catch that me. But also that security that she mm. can jump and you will be able to catch. There's just that...
2: There's probably no fear there yet for her either.
1: No, she's quite fearless, actually. (laughs) Um, And and we swim a lot too. So swimming's a big part of our life. So building up their confidence in the water and, 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 and seeing that confidence sort of like Testing themselves, so as as much as I'm constantly in the water, I would never ever leave the water while they're in there i I, I really um, like to see them stretch their boundaries at this age
0: mm, how interesting um, so I'm thinking as well you've got Cassius I think sometimes girls and boys are a little bit different um, I've noticed my son in particular especially the youngest they're very cute at four, very cute and my son's just started to clock on to what that means and what he can get away with because he's cute. Is Cassius aware of his Uh, strength as the youngest boy?
2: (laughs) I think he was born with that awareness. I mean, he was the surprise third baby, a boy finally. And so he came into this world with Three female faces and another male face looking over him just in wonder. Look and just from the moment he could even have his senses pick up anything. He knew he was adored, he was cute, he was the youngest and he could get away with anything. And that is probably our greatest challenge is to try and, you know, encourage Sounds like somebody that. I know. <laughs> As Who's that? the
1: youngest Myself. of the you. bird. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> There's something about that little bonus baby yeah. at the end who yes. just... Yeah, and so we've seen him literally bat his eyelids as we meet the new babysitter. He'll just stand at the door and he'll have this, like, he only saves that look on his face for the new babysitters. Like, hi. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, this is not good. Watch him. Yeah, Watch him. Like <laughs> that one. The other
1: two, not a problem. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> um, I'm Shabon Hunt. You're listening to The Parent Panel, where we invite two parents into the studio to share their experience and wisdom. And uh, we're talking about some stories that have happened this week, things that we're going through as parents. Today, I'm joined by Amy taylor Cabaz, who's coach, author, and sorry, I didn't finish that. I'm joined by Amy taylor Cabaz, who's a coach, a author, and a mindfulness expert, and TV presenter, Tom Williams. Next, does becoming a parent kill spontaneity?
2: Don't you do anything just for fun? We hardly do anything together anymore. Change of plans. Let's go out and celebrate life. Let's go out and do something
1: crazy. This is going to be the best weekend ever!
0: One of the main things parents seem to miss after having children is the spontaneity of their previous life. It can be challenging to fit in all the things, work, school, daycare, extended family, friends, me time, all of it needing to fit into 24 hours. Amy, when was the last time you were spontaneous with your family? If you can think of something and what did you do?
2: Spontaneous with my family. We try and be spontaneous on Sundays. This is a new thing. Is it Spontaneous Sundays? (laughs) It will be now. What an awesome name. Um, I was getting so sick of the overly structured life that we were living, which has to happen with my husband works really long hours and we have three kids and a thousand different activities. And we'd get to Sunday and... We kind of didn't have any clear plans, but I really liked not having a plan. So now we jump on the train, we go somewhere. It's just been something new that we have brought in. And I've also just started, um, I've booked a babysitter every fortnight on a Wednesday Ah. night. Because weekends are too hard. And I like midweek because you don't drink too much. <laughs> you're home by 10 o'clock because you're too tired otherwise. And so now my husband and I are trying to be planned, spontaneous every fortnight.
0: That's just working amazing. Really well. mm. And what's it like? What is, I mean, you've just started doing the um, spontaneous Sundays. Feel free, hashtag spontaneous Sundays. Oh, Everyone yeah, can so get on that train. Now. Um what did it feel like when you first started doing that? Like, was it really freeing? No. <laughs> I'm so glad you're honest. No.
2: No, it was painful and it still occasionally is and sometimes I still think it needs to be better planned. But, um, you know, kids are kids. Some days they're awesome at being out in public and other days you think we should have just stayed home and spontaneously watched a movie. Um, (laughs) And you can't be that spontaneous when you have to pack snacks and um, all of that. But it's worth it. I think it is one of the things we miss the most when we're in the trenches of parenthood. Is that freedom of waking up on that morning and thinking, gee, I wonder what I feel like doing today. We don't get to do that anymore. I think so. I'd just
0: stay in bed though.
2: <laughs> if I yeah. was
0: allowed to choose, I'd be like, I'm just going to stay in bed today. All but day. then,
2: well, then bring the kids into the lounger
0: and put the dunas on the floor and turn it into something. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm hashtag spontaneous Sundays. Tom. Yeah,
1: 100%. Please. I think you're right, Amy. It's, it's spontaneous can mean. Anything I I've just implemented mystery trip, so it's like okay everybody's got to get in the car and Daddy's in charge. <laughs> I will prepare you know the limited things that I I decide to take, but the thrill is them not knowing and where you're going. Yeah, I mean I know where we're going because it's something that we always do. It's either one of the parks or up to the beach or off to have pancakes, but the spontaneity comes from them being excited about not knowing. Mm. And I suppose that's the whole thing about it, isn't it? You know, like if you can take um, the, the routine out of anything and just inject a bit of unknown to their life... That's what they talk about, you know. Like, and in the car, they're like, "It's mystery trip. Where are we going?" <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> and it's starting like,
2: a mystery trip now. Too. <laughs> no, we just awesome. Awesome.
1: yeah. Mummy and daddy are like, "Oh gosh, I say no where he's going. You know, like, he want, he's going over to his mates' places where they've got dogs." You know, but um, yeah, I, I think you can, uh, unless you're doing it together as um, partners. Kids, they—they'll
0: take anything. They'll take
1: anything, you know. Like as long as you can make it fun and put on a silly voice, or you know, build up the tension, build up the mystery. (laughs) Ah, before they go to bed tomorrow, it's it's mystery trip tomorrow, and they go oh, and then the first thing they say when they wake up, it's mystery trip.
0: And then they go around the corner and pat some dogs. I love it. Yeah. That such a yeah, good idea. Yeah. I reckon um, the sponta- spontaneity in our family's life always comes when I'm not there because that's where my husband will go, all right, we're going to the Ari, we're going to go and have gelato at the beach. And you know, they're home at like nine o'clock, same time I get home if I've been out. And it's like, they've had the best time. Because it's it's about going, I'm going to break my own rules. Mm. I quite like that idea. Break, we put a lot of rules in place just to keep the wheels turning. And when you finally break them, you're like, why didn't I do this before? Especially if
2: you're super strict and maybe you need to be about bedtimes and things like that during the week. To have a spontaneous late Saturday night, to be at friend's house. And my husband is the is the clock watcher. And he'll look at me and say, oh, 7.30, mm. Cass is going to start getting really tired. Should we go? And I'm like, No. Nope. <laughs> he can no, fall asleep in the car Yeah, I just, I, I really reject that control all the time Even though he'll be a nightmare the next day Oh well, mm. that's life Yeah, yeah
0: you've got to try it every so often mm. You're listening to The Parent Panel I'm Siobhan Hunt My guests today are Amy Taylor-Kabaz Cabaz, is a mindfulness coach, author And founder of Happy Mama and TV presenter Tom Williams In just a moment, are businesses still failing working mums?
2: hard
1: to be a woman anything if it isn't domestic. Well, yes, I'll give up forever. <laughs> That's the spirit. It's tough being a woman.
0: Being a mom helped my career? No! Absolutely not. This week, Wendy Tui wrote an article in the Fairfax Press titled, "Let's stop pretending working Mums are getting a fair go." She cited the fact that three high-profile women, Jessica Rowe, Em Rusciano, and Maddie Wright, have all left their jobs to focus on their families. Um, Maddie wrote on Instagram, and I think this is quite interesting, I love my job, but... I love my kids more. Some may be able to balance it, but I can't, not mentally. I'm always tired, and, and unfortunately, my kids get the worst of me. They get zombie mum. The interesting thing is that Maddie was doing breakfast radio, I think, which is one of the hardest time frames. You have to get up around three, don't you, Amy? Amy used to produce breakfast radio for many years. Um, but at the same time, Em Rusciano, who left, also doing breakfast radio, um she took exception to being in the article because she said um she appreciated the sentiment and that it doesn't work for all mums but she isn't throwing away what she loves to stay home that she's actually passionate about her career and will continue to be a working mum and sort of juggling all those balls. Um Tom, it seems I, I'm going to you first because I know it's harder because you're a man. <laughs> it's <laughs> not possibly not something you have to deal with. But do you think um, businesses are still failing working mums or is it more about personal choice? Because Maddie has said, you know, I can't do the two of them. But M has said, actually, you can be happy working and love and, you know, and spend time with your family.
1: Yeah, I think all credit to the article they're focused on three women who are in the one industry, in the media business. To, to get a bit of an even spread, it would have been good to, to, to choose two other industries, perhaps, to, to get a better understanding. That's three women in, the, in, in pretty much for the same business who go through the same struggles. I think to sort of broaden it a little bit to, to their audience, it would have been nice to say, pick somebody from the banking business, pick somebody from the retail business. To get that sort of better feeling of what the everyday woman is going through, I totally respect why they've made that decision. Um, and I know it's tough, you know, it's tough for everybody. Um, Do
0: you think media in particular, because you work in media? Oh, they're
1: constantly, yeah, they're they're, they're in the spotlight the whole time, you know, like Jessica's a lovely lady. But, you know, the the stuff that she's put up with, man, you know, like she's carried a lot on her shoulders. She's a lovely, lovely woman who works really hard and gives it everything she's got. And she's got a beautiful family. Emma, I've only uh, met once and I could tell. It was it was weighing her down, you know, and she's pregnant. Yeah. Um, I don't know the other lady, but yeah, I can definitely tell you that the the, the pressure on women in in media uh, compared to men is is enormous, and you know I take my hat off to them because they have to go through so much. Um, Are the struggles the same? Well, no, they won't be the same because each business will probably have more expectations, you know, like the hours are tough in breakfast, the hours are tough in banking, man, the hours are tough in retail. Everybody's doing it tough. Um, So I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of a cross section of the um, female working industry.
0: And in terms of of what you have seen in your industry, do you feel like media has been become more flexible when it comes to working mums? Because it, it seems on the outside looking in, it felt like there were a lot of stories where they were making more concessions for mums and trying to bring them back in. Yep. Um, there was the um, Jess Rose co-host who had a baby and came back. I'm sorry, her name's escaping me right Sarah now. Sarah Harris. Sarah Harris. Yep. Um, and um, there have been stories, but I'm wondering if, if it is actually realistic or if um, there, aren't in, there hasn't been enough flexibility For families in media,
1: yeah, I think with those um, roles, uh, breakfast or morning TV, it's an early start. Um, My role is pretty good because I'm only required from eleven thirty through to three pm. Nice job, right? Nice job. Hey, good job, (laughs) Matt. You want to hold on to that one? (laughs) So. I can understand where it, it would get heavy because they're missing those vital hours in the morning. I get that time in the morning, whereas my wife is in the car by 7.30 and she's off. Uh, she will struggle from time to time and she will miss those drop-offs and she misses making lunch. And she'll ring me to say, did you pack everything right? And I'm, Matt, I'm, I'm routine. I'm Navy. I'm, I'm ex-naval, you know, like I know how to do the lunch. I know how to do their hair. I know how to get them dressed and everybody. I'm, I'm routine to the max. But I really enjoy that. And then I can be there in the afternoon to sort of bath them and get dinner ready before Rachel arrives home. So in my world, it's very different. Um, I think in those hours, for those women in particular, they're, they're really tough. And if you're waking early, what are you going to be like? Exactly what she said. what Zombie mum in the Arvo? Oh, man, that's tough.
0: Yeah, and Amy, um, as I mentioned, Amy, you were a breakfast producer for many years. And actually when I met, you Amy for the first time you were pregnant with your third and I remember saying at the time oh my goodness how do you manage it I only had one and I was thinking I I couldn't do those hours and you said I put them to bed at seven and then I go to bed straight after them. I mean reflecting on your experience in media like that um, do you agree with what Tom's saying that it's more about the hours that those women were working?
2: Yeah it's it's as you know this is my passion topic um, because of what I went through as well but also because I speak to and connect with hundreds of mums in all different industries and I totally agree with Tom that um, I've just had a beautiful new group of mums start with me this week and about five of them have already said I've just quit my job because I just couldn't do it anymore. So this is actually something that is really happening in all industries we just are expecting crazy things from these women and like m said it doesn't mean we're going to give up our career for the rest of our life it just means right now in this space i'm not the person i want to be for me um, as you know i've shared this before i was a nightmare i got up at 3:30 five days a week and worked all morning and went home and picked up my kids and if my girls weren't asleep by 7 o'clock, I turned into a psycho. I literally, <laughs> and it's you can laugh, it's but I was
0: horrible. So hard to imagine Because I that, would Amy.
2: scream at them and say, if you don't get to sleep, then I can't sleep and I have to be awake in three, at 3.30. And it got to the point where, yeah, I left that job because of what it was mm. doing to my health and to my family. So I personally don't feel like media has changed as much as we think it has. I think there's a crazy expectation on women as well that when the children are sick, it's them that always takes the day off. That's not because the dads don't want to, but because in my experience, my husband's company didn't accept that he would ring up and say, the kid's been vomiting all night, I can't come in. But I would have to ring up every day and say, my kid's been vomiting, I can't come in. And I couldn't do that anymore. I hated that feeling. I hated letting everyone down. I hated not seeing my kids. I didn't see my kids wake up for the first five years of their life because I was always at work. Never made their breakfast, never got them dressed. I hated it. So I left.
0: Do you think it's a flexibility? Sorry, I was just going to say, do you think it's a flexibility that businesses need to bring in or is it just a reality that... Um, in some aspects, family and working life will always clash.
2: I think you know, we've only just met Tom, but I'd like to say I think he's got the ideal situation. Um, I think one parent has to, um, if you can manage it, have shortened hours for these early years. I've basically created my own version of that job. I do school pick up and school drop off every day. I've had to try and reinvent. And I think that's what we're going to see more and more. Women aren't going to walk away from careers forever, but they are not going to accept that they have to be there from eight till six. They can't call in sick. They can't take off school holidays. They, you know, you can't just, you're just so restricted and we feel like we're failing at everything. We're not doing a good job at work, and we're certainly not doing a good job at home.
1: Mm. It's a huge contradiction, isn't it, that the man can't ring up and say, or the (sighs) husband or or the other mum can't ring up and say, I can't come in today because the kids are sick. But do you feel like in this modern day, things will change? You know, we have this... Things are going so fast now and policies and procedures in organisations are changing. And I think as, as as those people in charge get older and they've gone through what we've gone through, those policies and procedures will be more in touch with the whole parenting world rather than, say, just the mum.
2: I do. I've done a lot of research on this. I think it depends on the industry. The really old industries like banking, the old big companies, it's really hard to change. It's like the Titanic and they can't turn it around and it's going to be a while. But those smaller companies, the startup industry, the tech industry, all of those, they are phenomenal with parental leave. And what they're now talking about is not just this flexibility for parents of young children, but for older people with parents that are sick. And we should have this flexibility for all of these major stages we go through in life where if your parent is in hospital, then you're going to have to have a few weeks where you work different hours. You know, we need to be able to mm. work around our life. That system of working nine to
0: six and never changing that is dead. Mm. It has to be.
1: 100%. Yeah,
0: I'm Yeah. curious as a, um, as a man. Um, when you were talking about your hours and what you do at home, it sounds like you've really stepped up to the plate in that co-parenting scenario with your wife working those hours and you taking either end for the kids. Um, Is this something that you see among your peers, like your mates that you've grown up with at school? Because even though I know things are changing, I don't know, anecdotally, I don't know many dads like yourself who've actually gone this is how I'm going to make it work. I am going to be the stay-at-home dad. I yeah. mean, even though you're working, do you know yeah. what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just communication with, with everybody involved in, in in caring and raising the children, so grannies and granddads and carers and, and mums and dads. But um, I think it, the luxury, I would say, with some of my mates who run their own operations, uh, my my best mate, Tom Sherrington, Descaled his business, um, gave up the office, moved everything into his home so he could be with his son and his daughter more. He's sole parenting, and he knew that that was the best option. How much is enough? You know, you've got to ask yourself a question every once in a while. He asked himself that question and he said, That's too much. I need to scale it back down. I'm going to bring it back in. Um, I think that's a luxury of being a a sole proprietor or a startup business or, you know, you make the rules, you know, you're going to let somebody else tell you what the rules are. You know, that's a great luxury. Um, but I, I really see this changing and, and, and becoming more of a thing. Um, there's also a great system in place in Sweden where, um, there is 18 months of paid paternity leave for every couple. So that's, um, nine months for the mum and nine months for the dad. Compulsory, right? Can you imagine that? Amazing. Yeah. There's, there was a, a story of a, a lady, she said she'd recently moved to Sweden and she was in the park and she came home and she said to her husband, she said, oh gosh, I can't believe all the unemployed dads out there. <laughs> and, and he was like, oh no, 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 no. There are different rules in this country. It's compulsory for the mum to take nine and the dad to take nine. I was like, what an awesome system.
2: But can you imagine what that does to a child's development as well, like the bond that they get. This is the other thing that doesn't work, is that you end up having a dad who really wants to be more involved but can't because he's locked into this system that is so structured. I know my husband would love to be more flexible but can't be. So to have the opportunity for that dad to have that bonding time, that is so important.
0: Bloody Swedes, eh? Oh, the
1: scandals. They've got the answer to everything. They build great furniture. They've got Lice nice
0: place. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the parent panel Up next, the most absurd reason Your toddler had a tantrum Are you going to come quietly Or do I carry you out baby
1: tantrum style
0: So everyone be on your best behaviour
1: Why are you throwing a tantrum, tantrum O'Neill You behaved abominably today
0: my son once had a tantrum because he couldn't get his hands to stick on the wall with blue tack. Um, like Gecko, you know, Gecko from PJ Masks. He couldn't climb the wall. He had a total meltdown. My daughter had a tantrum when she was around three because the ice block was too cold. What have been the funniest reasons for tantrums in your home, Amy?
2: I have to say I have a very similar story to yours. This was just last week. Uh, suddenly, I heard my four year old boy screaming and having a massive tantrum because he'd stuck his fingers together with super glue in an attempt to walk to go climb the wall <laughs> like Spider Man. <laughs> so his little fingers were all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. So
2: uh, my son upped the blue tack and went for uh, super glue. But um, yeah, the tantrums, I mean, my eldest had the best tantrums in the world. We ended up having to buy a it was just a tablecloth that we called the cool-down mat because she would just – her emotions were so big. She just – everything was enormous. So we had this special mat that she'd sit down and, you know, it's time to cool down and calm down, Scarlett. But at the moment, I have a nightly tantrum from my four-year-old. He has a glow worm
0: that uh-huh. he pushes.
2: Do you remember those with yep. the glowing tummy? Oh, and yes, yes, it. yes. It's really annoying Um nursery rhyme music over and over again, and he sleeps with it right up against his face. But suddenly... Every night for the last maybe two weeks, he can't get the exact position, <laughs> and he gets really upset. So it goes a little bit back. It's too far away. It goes a little bit. It's too bright. Move it back a little bit. No, that's not right. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I just put my meditations on and the, <laughs> on the phone and
0: walk out. Deep no, breathing. Deep breathing.
2: Yeah. So that's the that's the glowworm is not the right <gasps> distance from his that's face insane. at the moment.
0: Gosh. How about you, Tom?
1: Well, I live in dress-up land, so oh. I have um, drawers and drawers of, of, of fancy dress and dresses, and Elsa and Anna and everything in between. And you, you know, do princesses. personally, not Sorry, your no,
0: the <laughs> um, It's His tantrums. About so so
1: that—that's the constant. Um, Uh, focus of their attention. At the moment, I'm sole parenting because uh, Rachel is overseas. So this is day six now being Friday. And I have seen this each night, you know, where the the fighting and the tantrums are coming over, who's going to be, you know, Cinderella and who's going (laughs) to be, you know, name any other one of the princesses. So I think I just can't calmly approach it. And one will have the complete meltdown and, and you just have to break it down for them a little bit uh, easy, easy, more easily. And what I do like to do is I like to get down to their level. You've commented on my height. So <laughs> what I do is I will sit on the floor with them and even sit on my, my, my stomach and my hands and knees. And that's where I can communicate a lot better to them down on their level rather than sitting up on high, which is where they... Would see me ninety percent of the time, um, so my approach to it is is to kind of um, try something on myself. Well, if nobody can have Esmeralda, Daddy's going to have it, right? And I'll put it on. And,
0: <laughs> yeah, photos of this. No, like I like to this. this is
1: what, you know, a father of two girls has to do. I don't have <laughs> the luxury it. of geckos and super gluing. And your super gluing. On <laughs> but they would look at super glue and go, I'm not touching that, Daddy. It's too sticky. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, uh, you know, like uh, I haven't had one of these out in public and everybody's talked about those moments out in public, you know, just remove from the situation or just leave the trolley and get out. But I, I, um, I'm pretty systematic about it, you know, like, and I am, I do try to be quite patient around that tearing and they're tearing a lot because they miss their mum, mm-hmm. And that's very evident in the morning. And, and when you're trying to get it all done, I'm just getting them up a bit earlier now because let's get the tears out of the way so we're not going to be late.
2: <laughs> oh, you're going to be great with teenage girls. But I do think the laughter helps a lot with those tantrums, doesn't it? It's it does. such a great tool and technique and icebreaker in those moments to, you know, pretend to put the costume on. My husband does that really well. I, I, Often can't reach for the humour. I find that quite difficult. Yes, but he can do that really quickly and get them to laugh and break that tension really. Because well. the
0: emotions are high. Like yeah. I, I look at my son sometimes and go, he could be crying and laughing at the same time. Yes. It's insane. But then that's their heightened emotions. So if you can make them laugh, mm. yeah. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your wisdom today. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome. That was Amy Taylor-Kabaz. She's a coach, author and founder of Happy Mama and TV presenter Tom Williams. You've been listening
2: to The Parent Panel, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review and share it with your friends. The Parent Panel, new episodes every Friday.